Welcome to Explore FI Canada, where we investigate the financial independence topics important to you. Join us as we learn how to optimize our lives, save money, and invest for our future. We'll go coast to coast interviewing experts and chatting with Canadians about their inspirational FI journeys. EQ Bank's Savings Plus account is Explorify Canada's favorite bank account. It's not hard to see why. It functions as both a checking and savings account, offers an everyday high interest rate, free Interact e-transfers, and so much more. Visit exploreficanada.ca forward slash EQ Bank to open your account today. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Explorify Canada. We are on the mic and we are resurrecting an old series that we once featured on the show and it went away for a while, but we're bringing it back by popular demand. So what are we talking about today, Money Mechanic? Well, this is lesson three, following up from lesson two. If you haven't caught those, go back and listen to one and two, obviously, first. And this is lesson three, which is budgeting and tracking. Yes, and that'd be lesson three of FI School. And that, uh, just to catch everyone up, if you don't know what FI School is, it is a series on my blog that's kind of like a course. It's a collection of FI material that I collected from all over the internet. It was content that I found the most helpful when I started my FI journey and throughout my FI journey. And that includes all kinds of bloggers and podcasters and books and any kind of content and tools that I came across that was useful. I collected it all together. And originally it was meant to share with my family and friends who are interested in FI. And uh, when I started my blog, I thought, well, why not share it with everybody? And so I created a series on my blog and you can find it at eatsleepbreathefi.com forward slash FI dash school. So uh, if you go there, you can find all the lessons. And as Money Mechanic mentioned, we have already covered an intro and lesson one and lesson two in previous episodes. So you can look in our catalog for that. And today we are jumping right into lesson three, which is about budgeting and tracking. So Chrissy, are you a budgeter or are you a tracker? I'm completely a tracker. I have tried budgets in the past and they're, they just don't work for me. They just don't. <laughs> Darn. What about I you? Have said I, I should have said I was a tracker first. Now I've got to defend <laughs> budgeting. <laughs> I think we can both defend both because I, I do see the value in budgeting. I think it can be helpful for those who maybe want to rein in certain categories and uh, maybe feel like there are certain things that they spend too much on and they really want to limit it and it helps them to have those limits in place. What do you think about budgeting? Well, I've struggled. I, I've tried to budget. I remember way back in the day that was, you know, my mother was like, you know, when I was just out of high school, you've got to create a budget. You're you're an, an adult now. It was like an adulting thing to do was to budget. <laughs> and it just turned me off. I could never figure it out. I was never very good at it. And, you know, this whole FI journey for me, it, it was the tracking that spoke to me. And one of the articles that you have on your website and your blog is what I'm going to use as my reference today. But just before we get to that, my thoughts on tracking for the FI journey is that it's, for me, it felt like a more natural way of coming to terms with where my money was going. And I feel that budgeting is a useful tool that once you've kind of made that analysis and made the transition, then you might want to create a, a budget that that you can really work with and, and get that savings rate higher and, and things like that. But if you budget right at the beginning and you don't really know where you stand, I think people, it, it's easy to fail 
at your budget by mistake because you don't mm-hmm. really know where your spending's going. So for some people, they love the budget. You know, there's, you know, YNAB, we've talked about that before, and there's other ways to budget. And for some people that, you know, the, the constraints of the budget really work. For me personally, it didn't. I, I thought the tracking really helped me get under control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've had the same struggles with budgeting, and I think most people do. And that's what turns them off is because most of us have very erratic spending. You know, it, some things are quite regular, but a lot of things, you know, sometimes you'll spend more one month and less the other month. And so it's really difficult to stick to a budget with that kind of spending. And so that's why I prefer tracking where you're just really aware of your spending and uh, where your money is going. And over time, you just kind of develop these patterns and rhythms. And I think a budget naturally emerges from that because most of us, we're pretty regular with the majority of our spending. And so tracking allows you to see those patterns and really look into it and see where you want to maybe cut back or where you can spend more and on things that maybe you enjoy. Yeah, I think one of the things we've talked about on the show before is that, you know, spend where you get the most value, spend with intention, you know, having that intentionality. And for me, when I found at the beginning is if I created a budget, I didn't know where my value spending was. I just kind of had random spending. So if I tried to constrict each of those categories at the beginning, then you know, it's, it's hard to overshoot or, or have too much left over, things like that. Whereas I think, as I mentioned, the tracking identifies where you're spending. Then you can make the conscious decisions of where you want mm-hmm. to spend. And, you know, I've talked about this before on the podcast too, is that, Hey, you know, you can cut everything out, but if you're feeling deprivation, then you can start adding things back in. Right. So yeah. I think it kind of works both ways. And, and like, just like you said, the budgeting becomes very sort of natural down the road because I, I know what my monthly expenses are now and they they don't need to be spreadsheeted into a budget per se, but I, I know what my monthly budget is, right? So, it, you know, both of these things I think are a bit of an evolution in your own FI journey, but the tracking I think helps so much at the beginning because it just identifies where your money's going. Yeah, it's building that awareness. And I think that is key, you know, really knowing where your money is going and knowing if you value where it's going, right? If you look at it and see, I'm spending this much on eating out or this much on groceries, is that really where I want to spend my money? And it helps you really pinpoint where the problems are and where maybe you do have extra, where you might be able to direct it to new or different things that you'd enjoy more. Well, exactly. And part of this journey is, optimizing so that you can find those extra dollars to put them into your investments for future you, right? So let's jump into the references that we used from your blog. Sure. Yeah. We each picked one from my blog and you can find um, all the links that we mentioned either in our show notes or you can go to my website to find uh, lesson three for FI school and all these pieces of content that we will share on these episodes will be there. And so Money Mechanic picked one and I mean, we'll go into that. And after that, we'll go into my pick for this episode. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting that these are by no means the be all end all references. There's a lot out there. And I think, Chrissy, you probably found the same as I did at the beginning of this FI journey when you're the content is just, you kind of go through like this link fest where you're like, that takes you to somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. And then that takes you to somewhere else. And then that takes you to somewhere else. And you're like, oh my goodness, this is so much information. <laughs> yeah, It's a fire hose. Yeah, It's a fire hose. Yeah. <laughs> so the one I picked for this particular lesson is an article that was written in 2018 by the blog Root of Good 
and the title is I Retired at 33 by Tracking Every Dollar I Spent. So, of course, this defends my position of tracking, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, I like he identifies four main reasons why you should track spending. So number one is when you know how much you spend each month, you can plan your cash flow better. Okay, that's important. Number two, detailed expense tracking lets you focus on problem spending areas, which can free up more funds for saving and investing. Excellent. Number three, tracking expenses ensures transparency and discussion in couples' finances. That's an interesting one. We'll have to talk mm -hmm. about that a little bit. Yeah. And number four, knowing what you spend each year leads to better spending projections in retirement. That means a fine-tuned portfolio target size. So it's great, right? you got to know now because you can't plan for the future if you have no idea, right? Yeah, I think that is so key because the way that people in the fire community plan for retirement is so different from the traditional advice, which is a certain percentage of your earned income currently. And it makes no sense to do it that way because it really is reliant on your spending, right? And if you don't track your spending, you have no idea how much you should allow. And you also don't know which areas might go up or might go down because it's just this big blob of spending. It's, it really is important to break it down, really analyze where you're spending in different categories. And then you can really work out the numbers and get more accurate and really aim for a number that is what you'll really need in retirement. Did you know that the oil sands have pumped a record amount of oil this year? Did you hear about Facebook's new virtual reality remote workspace? Or how about the microchip shortage that's making, well, basically everything electronic more expensive? If you listen to The Peak Daily, you'd learn all of that and more. The Peak Daily is a daily podcast covering the top Canadian and global business stories in seven minutes or less. It's fast, entertaining, and 100% free. Find The Peak Daily wherever you get your podcasts. So I just want to dig into these four items a little bit deeper, each one of them, and we can just have a quick discussion and, and talk about those. So the first one was uh, tracking for better cash flow. Now, this is important because, you know, you're going to have sort of a fixed amount each month that comes in from your paycheck or, or whatnot. And if you aren't looking at where that money is going, you may not be optimizing that cash flow that comes in the door, right? If you track everything and initially, like this is discussed quite a bit in the book, Your Money or Your Life as well, is track to the dollar for a while so you can see that. And once you understand where your cash flow is going, then you can make proactive changes and help you on your FI journey. And this rolls really well into number two, which is the detailed tracking helps you focus on problem spending areas. So this isn't a comparison of what you spend versus anybody else or how you're doing or any of that. It's just for you to be able to track. And once you can look at those expenses, you may find there's wasteful spending in there, right? If you're overspending on eating out, if you're overspending on subscriptions, if there's things that you just don't have, just don't offer value for your life, you may not notice that. And we're all victims, myself included, of complacency, right? We kind of get into our routine. We form habits. And if we don't reassess them, we don't see where the waste is. So I, I like how that those two kind of roll together to identify 
that. Now, the third one, the discussion with couples finances. I really like this one because Chrissy, how many times have we talked on the show about that? You know, the first person that finds FI gets super excited. And then yep. there's the spouse. <laughs> <laughs> The reticent spouse, as you the call reticent it. spouse. That's right. And it's like, I'm super excited. I'm a mustache. Now let's go. Let's go. And the other one's like, uh, what are you talking about? Yes, you're crazy. <laughs> There's no way I'm riding a bike everywhere. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're tracking your expenses and you can do it with your partner, then you have an opportunity. It opens up the discussion and saying, Hey, mm-hmm. you're spending a whole ton on car parts and Hey, you're spending a whole ton on subscription cosmetics. And maybe both of those are valuable to the each partner. And that's fine. It's just ha- be able to open up the discussion and go, Hey, look, this is what we're spending. Are we okay with it? And, mm-hmm. and opening that discussion, I think is super important because it's going to be foundational in your whole FI journey is being able to have that communication, especially about all the finances. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. That's helped us so much because my husband, he loves eating out. We we all love eating out. But when we really looked at how much we spend on eating out, I said, do you really want to spend that much on eating out? And he's like, no. So let's cut it, cut back on fast food, for example, and have more of the nicer meals that maybe it's food or dishes that we can't cook at home because they're too complicated or we don't want to buy the special ingredients, right? So it's really helped us to get more intentional as a couple, right? Whereas he was just like, I want to spend more. I want to spend more in eating out. But let's instead talk about it as a couple and find ways to do it that work for us and fit within how much we want to spend for each category. And you can't see that unless you really dig down and really analyze it. And it's not a one month thing. You kind of have to do it as an ongoing process. I would say at least for a year, but I think once you even start doing it, you'll get hooked and you just want to keep doing it forever. And that's how I feel. And most people I know do feel that way. What about you? Do you think it's something you'll just keep up for the rest of your life? Yeah, I definitely think it is. And it becomes so much easier over time because once you're kind of dialed in and you've had those discussions, you can, it's, it becomes so much easier. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like a big challenge to kind of go like, Oh, Hey, we, uh, we overspent this month on this, but that's okay. You know, it's within our quote unquote budget. It's fine. We've tracked it. We've identified it. We chose to do it. It's done with intention, right? So I think it just helps down the road. It becomes easier and easier the longer you track it and the better communication you have with your, uh, with your partner. So the last one, just quickly here, we talked about, Chrissy, you brought it up a little bit before about knowing what you spend now. It's going to help you get a kind of game plan ahead because how many times have we seen the question, uh, how do I know what my FI number is? Right. And the traditional rule of thumb in the community is 25 times your expenses. Now, I think that's pretty nebulous because if you're in your twenties now or your thirties and your expenses are 50 K, that may change a lot between now and your 90. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but knowing now, at least that gives you a target to work towards. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be set in stone, but if it says it's, X amount, then you know 25X is your goal and you can work towards something. And I think if you track, you, then you become aware sort of each year to be like, oh, this year was 50, next year 60, then it's 40. And you can kind of gauge things as you go. But if you're not tracking, then you can't even make a plan for what you might spend in retirement or even what your savings goal is because you could, you could think you're getting close to FI, but you're way under. 
Mm because you haven't accurately thought about what your spending is, right? So I thought I like this article. He kind of identifies all those items and you can go way deeper into it. And he talks a little bit about how to track. And this one, there's so many options today. FinTech is amazing. There's all sorts of apps. I know even with TD where I bank, they've got like an on the phone app for spending tracker. It moves things into different areas and I don't use that one, but you could just start by making a spreadsheet and I've kind of harped about this before is I get it. I'm not a great spreadsheet person either. And if you're not, Hey, this is a great time to learn. You can download templates. It's super easy. You're just doing basic math and learning to be a little more comfortable with some spreadsheet basics is going to help you in your whole FI journey. Absolutely. And again, if if you really don't like spreadsheets or you want something that's a little more polished done for you, there are tools like my favorite, YNAB. And <laughs> I'm not, a, I don't get a referral fee or anything because I'm still on the free desktop version that I won in a contest a while ago. But <laughs> nice. I love it. Like I, I'm going to use it until it stops working on my computer. But there are other options and there will be lists of, of them in on my website on FI School. And uh, there is a free version I don't want to call them a knockoff, but there's a, a copy of YNAB that works <laughs> on uh, Google Sheets. It's totally legit. It's done really well. It looks a lot like YNAB, but it's free. A clone. Yeah, it's a, it's a clone. clone. <laughs> it's yeah. a clone. Yeah. Remember, you, you're probably, you and I are old enough to remember like IBM clones. Like the first computer my dad yes. ever bought back in like the 90s was an IBM clone. Yeah. Yeah, a lot cheaper, computers. right? Yeah. Oh, well, that's all we could afford. Yeah. 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 Tell us about your article. Okay. So your article is written by Justin at Root of Good, and he is known as quite an optimizer, but my article is from, you know, the the king of optimizers, <laughs> <laughs> our, our hero, Mr. Money Mustache. And I picked this article because it's one of the first that I read on his website. You know, when I discovered him, I think it was through the shockingly simple math of early retirement. And then I just went down the rabbit hole and start reading all his posts. But somehow this one always stuck in my brain. It's it's the one that kind of guides me through all of our expense tracking and how we handle our expenses. And it's, um, again, from Mr. Money Mustache, and it's called The Principle of Constant Optimization. And in it, he basically outlines his process for optimizing everything in his life is not just his expenses, but just the way he thinks about all the things in his life. And what it is, is that you revisit what you're spending on, what life situation you're in, and you really cut out the fat, you cut out the things that are unnecessary, and you really focus in on the things that are really important to you and what, what you're needing at that time in your life. And by doing that, you're really, really getting down and optimizing your money and your time and how you're spending both of those things. And I think it, it's just so important to do this. And I do this all the time. You know, I'm constantly optimizing, as he says, like I look at my phone bill. If my kid suddenly needs a phone, then we'll start looking at it. But if I, you know, now I'm at home a lot more even than I used to be because of COVID. And so I look at my phone and decide, do I really need as much data as I have? Those kinds of things. You just kind of, you keep revisiting whatever it is in your life and you decide at that moment, um, as often as you can, do I still really need this? And I think it's a great way to save a lot of money because you'll catch anything that's just wasteful that you really don't need in your life. I also want to just read out a quick quote from the article, why I think this is so important. So Mr. Money Mustache, he says, 
he was mentioning a story about uh, how he went to a friend's house and noticed, you know, they, they would like to spend more on some things. And yet he notices some of the luxury items that maybe are not so necessary that they spend on. And so he thought, this brought me to a realization of something I have always done. And that is not widely practiced, but it is so important. I think it could be considered one of the principles of mustachianism. Practice constant optimization in all areas of your life. And so, yeah, that that just sums up everything that I just talked about um, from his post. Yeah. I love that you picked that quote because when we're doing the pre-show notes here, I, I'd read the article recently. I mean, I read it years ago, but I reread it. And that quote jumped right out of the article at me as well because it is a principle of mustachianism. Yeah. And it's really part of like this budgeting and tracking process is becoming intentional, right? And that part is the optimizing part. You know, once you've seen where your money goes, then you're like, ooh. Mm-hmm. And we know it's all about the low-hanging fruit at the beginning, right? It's your cell phones, it's your cable package, it's your internet package, it's your house insurance, car insurance, you know, all these, the low-hanging fruit, start there and start optimizing just so you can get used to it, right? And it almost becomes a game, right? <laughs> you can game you can totally yeah. gamify it. However, <laughs> don't take it too far because no. I did. Yes. I did. Me too. I'd like you know, like my wife's in the kitchen like rinsing plates and I'd like reach over and shut the tap off. I'm like, don't waste, don't waste water. We got a water bill, I gotta pay for water. You know, you could you can definitely annoy your spouse and your family, but but yeah, I think at the beginning you definitely it does become a bit of a game. And because you can see immediate results from it, that you can start to, like, if you can optimize something and save yourself $20 a month, that's $20, like, forever that you can now invest. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're not spending it anymore, right? But the only way you can get to this optimization is if you actually track. Yeah. And that's what he talks about. Yeah, it's really looking at what you have and not just mindlessly adding these expenses. Because I think a lot of us do that. You know, you add the Spotify, then you add the Netflix and you add Disney Plus and then you add whatever, Amazon Prime. And so before you know it, you have multiple streaming services and you don't need them all, right? But I think what a lot of people in the fire community do is they they switch from one to the next to the next. So instead of having all four of them, maybe have one at a time, you know, watch up everything on one of them and then switch to the next one. So that is the kind of optimization that I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, you know, the optimization becomes apparent when you figure out what it is that you value, mm-hmm. right? If you're spending with intention, you can go, hey, you know what? I can optimize that. He talks a lot in that article about like optimize away the waste. Yeah. And it's the same with tracking. It's looking at your values and really looking into each category of spending. And do I value spending that much on this particular category? Because a lot of times, I think before finding fire, most of us aren't quite that dialed in. But once you find this community and you learn about this kind of a mindset, it's, it's actually, I find it really gratifying to go through my categories. Like every month as I reconcile YNAB, I go through each category and think, do I really still need to spend that much on here? Can can I scale it back again this this time? Or It is fun for me. And there, there is something and wind up called wham whack-a-mole where you kind of like you you zero out each category so if there's un, uh, money that's unspent in each category you kind of shift it over to different areas so it's kind of fun you kind of gather up all this unspent money oh, so okay. it, it can be fun it can be a game and i think if you look at it that way it makes it 
really enjoyable and way more gratifying than you know the way most people think of budget for sure yeah and i think this ties in nicely with number three of my article where you can discuss this with your partner if you have a partner or if, even discussing it with your family right if you have children as well is like okay we've tracked we want to optimize now you can have that discussion and see where what the family values and the whole purpose of this is the fi journey you can make changes today that improve your life and make you happier and your family happier right at the beginning you know the goal down the road of reaching fire is fantastic to have but the changes today will bring benefit to your life absolutely and and as you mentioned earlier this is the low hanging fruit right this is such an easy way to save a lot of money really quickly i think when i discovered fire i trimmed $3000 per year out of our just regular spending without any cut to our lifestyle or standard of uh, living it was so easy to do that it it just takes a few phone calls a bit of research and li like i said you could save $3000 in one year and every year going forward just by doing that so now this reminds me of a great little calculator. It's like, you know, Mr. Money Mustache was always really good at doing like, what's the 10 year cost of that expense, right? Yes. But I think it's learning to fi a Canadian blog that he's got a little calculator on there that you can go in and plug in like your expense that you get rid of. That's right. I'm going to yes. have to look up the, the link. We'll put it in the show notes. But that's a great way to think about your recurring expenses. And when you optimize and track and you get those expenses out, that. $200, you're like, well, that doesn't seem like much. Do the 10-year compounded growth mm -hmm. of that, right? Like, If mm -hmm. you need some motivation to pare back some of your spending, this pretty good motivation to see that that 50 bucks a month turns into 10,000 down the road, right? It's Absolutely. it's the time value of that money. And I don't want to get into the whole like latte factor debate at all, but it's it's choose what works for you. This is your journey to FI, right? Not ours. We've already made our decisions of things that we've gotten rid of, but keep what you value, cut ruthlessly on everything else and, uh, and track and pay attention, right? This is all part of the journey. Yeah. I love that principle. So yeah, we will add that little tool in the show notes. It's Sterling at Learning to FI, one of our FI friends in the community. So yeah, I think this is one of the bedrock foundational concepts in the FIRE journey to really uh, dial in, get dialed in on your expenses and find ways to optimize it. Um, it's not to cut back to the point of deprivation, but it's really to get in tune with it and make sure you're spending in the areas that you value and trying to find ways to do it cheaper. You know, if there are things you value, switch to a different internet provider, for instance, and get it cheaper for the same speed. Yeah, and you're going to find that in this community too, reach out because everybody's got ideas of wherever you are in Canada to give you some ideas to get those cheaper products because things are changing all the time, right? Absolutely. I will add in that on your journey to FI, you could possibly, <laughs> I'm kind of looking at myself here, become complacent. So this is an awesome reminder to me that I need to go in and check my optimization again even though i'm fairly diligent about it it's easy to go like oh i'm optimized i'm optimized right and then go yeah, you know what maybe i should revisit everything and have a little closer look maybe i can squeeze a little bit more juice out right so anyway it's true yeah. it's true yeah i thought i was fully optimized a few years ago <laughs> but i i constantly find new ways to do better right and covid also has presented another opportunity to further optimize because a lot of us now are working from home and we don't need a vehicle or 
less driving so we can cut down on our insurance coverage. All these kinds of things. There are new opportunities because of the way COVID has changed the way we live. I thought we weren't going to date this. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> the, COVID or anything, yeah, right? Yeah. Any life change, I should say. Any kind of life change. Fair enough, fair enough. Is an opportunity to revisit things. Chrissy, what's my homework for this episode? <laughs> yeah, we got to give homework. I, I guess so. <laughs> this, do we have to do the this homework? Is school. Right? Do we just get to mark the homework? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's say that. <laughs> We're the teachers. Yeah. We don't have to do the homework. Well, we've probably already done all this anyway. So that's why we're presenting this. So at the end of every FI school, we're going to give you a little bit of homework just to give you something to take away and for your journey and try to get a little better with your finances. So we picked a few things that you could do. So one of the things I think people could do is pick a budgeting or tracking program and start using it. And so there's a, a list in um, FI school that you could look at, but some off the top of my head, YNAB is my favorite. And there's also Mint that's free. There are other things that you can use to track and we'll, we'll list it all there. So that's one of the things that we'd like, we'd love for you to do for homework. And what else is there, Money Mechanic? So the other thing too is, depending on what you've chosen to use for tracking or budgeting, work on this and do it for a year get started, right? Three months, six months, 12 months, and see what patterns emerge and identify them. And Chrissy, remind me, what's the other one that like they do the wall chart as well with the spending? Like maybe for a oh, visual that's... indication is good for you as well, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that I think the wall chart idea is from Your Money or Your Life originally, I think you're right, right? yeah. But uh, it's the mad scientist. He has the, I think it's called the FI lab. But that one's the spending and earning Yeah, it's one, your yeah. investments as well as yet. Mm -hmm. For this particular purpose, have a look and identify the patterns that emerge from your spending as you change over time. That's That's good homework for me. Yeah. Yeah. And we would love to hear from you. So Definitely. if you're on this journey with us and you want to really get into FI school, let us know like in the comments of our show notes or on our Facebook page, comment and let us know if you were surprised by any of your spending, if you thought maybe you're spending more, but you're actually spending less than you thought. Anything that you discover from this, we would love to hear from you. And if you have any tips to share for everyone else, uh, again, leave a comment in our show notes or on our Facebook page. We always love hearing from you. What's the next lesson, Chrissy? <laughs> Exciting. So we will have lesson four coming next, and uh, that would be about income. So, Ooh. yeah. So because the thing is, you can only cut so much, right? Don't spoil it. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll see you next time on FI School. Thank you. Explore FI Canada teachers out. Thanks for listening. If you've been getting value from our content, please support us in the following ways. Leave us a review and subscribe in your favorite podcast player. Tell your friends and family about us or use our referral links at explorefycanada.ca forward slash recommendations. All of our show notes can be found at explorefycanada.ca. You can also find us on our other websites, figarage.ca or eatsleepbreathefy.com. Our show is edited and mixed by Max Desmarais at Fix Audio. That's F-I-X-A-U-D dot I-O. Episode transcripts were created in otter.ai.